This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and channel uh, currently located in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, looking at my office window right now, uh, the sun's kind of kind of going away. Uh, but I can see the uh, Santa, Santa Catalina Mountains uh, to the north of Tucson, which is always really nice. And I realized before the show uh, that most shows, I'm looking out the window as I talk. So, so I'm in front of my computer, so I can reference charts or, or you know, things I'm looking up or, or you know, notes for the show and whatever. But then I'm looking out the window, and that's actually what I'm doing right now. So you just get a little insight into uh, my crooked neck process. So, so today's show um, has kind of two parts. I'm going to do a little, a few announcements, and then go into two parts. The first part is going to be about, um, well, I gosh, I don't know which one I'm going to do first, but I'm going to tell you what they are, and the order may change. Um, one part will be about um, spirit guides. I have a listener question from Megan who's asking, uh, how can you know who your guides are? So I'm going to talk about working with guides and talk about and answer that question for her. And the other part of the show uh, is about the basics, basically the, the basics of the thought process for looking at a chart in an evolutionary way or in a karmic way and uh, understanding how to create a past life story. Uh, I, I love both of these topics, but I'm going to do the announcements and then see which one uh, which one comes up. I, I will admit to having taken a nap today, and sometimes when I take a nap, I wake up stupid. So I'm trying to come out of that. Like I wake up noticeably less bright and engaged and engageable. <laughs> you know, like I like my uh, you know 20 or points or so, maybe 40 points were shaved off my IQ or something like that. I did have that experience today, and I've done everything I can think of the last three hours to come out of it. Uh, so I might sound a little sedated, and that's what's going on, but I'll, I'll work on it uh, here uh, today. <laughs> so um, the announcements, um, mark your calendars for the next Intuitive Skills Development class. This is essentially to teach you all of the skills that you need to utilize to get to the place where you can channel. Everybody can channel. Every single human has this capability, whether you're talking about spirit guides or dead people or ascended masters, or at least getting your own guidance. Everybody has that ability, and yet each person has a different mechanism, the way their consciousness works and flows. Like like everybody's got a different third house configuration, different Mercury configuration, but everybody can do it. Mercury is a messenger that uh, travels between all the worlds and can carry ferry messages back and forth between all the, the layers of reality. Um, so everybody can channel and bring through their, this information. The, the class itself is not a strict channeling class, but I'm te- I'll be teaching you, uh, me and Jehudi and Metatron and your guides and my guides, we'll be teaching you all the skills you need to clean your crap up, get your head screwed on straight, <laughs> open your heart, and also clear out your energy field, understand the past, 
you know, make peace with all these things that may actually block your natural ability to channel and to move energy. And, you know, my development as a channel, uh, which is, which is explained in, um, uh, Seeing Through Spiritual Eyes, A Memoir of Intuitive Awakening, uh, that book that's available through tdjacobs.com and Kindle and Amazon. Uh, that process, you know, essentially for me to learn how to channel has everything to do with me cleaning up my crap, getting my head screwed on straight, dealing with my emotions, learning to get grounded, learning to understand my history and my place in life and why things have happened to me. So essentially this class is to cover all of the foundations for that for you. Uh, in time, I will offer a part two, which is more of a channeling class where you can really get more into that. But right now we're still on part one. And um, so that begins on dot 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 uh saturday july 12th so mark your calendars 10 saturdays uh starting july 12th for a small group a handful of people and it's gonna be about two and a half hours each week and uh anyway the flyer i'm posting tomorrow but i'm just letting you know to mark your calendars uh right now you can check my blog uh, and Twitter and Facebook and et cetera, uh, for the announcement uh, tomorrow of all the details. Frankly, when the moon goes in Virgo, I'll officially announce it. Right now we're in a Leo uh, void, of course. Keep having the show when the moon's void, of course, and I want to announce things and don't want to. So anyway, mark your calendars. Uh, Saturday, July 12th, the first of 10 Saturdays. It'll be 10 a.m. Pacific time here in the U.S. And so uh, if you're in Europe and you want to participate, this will be over the web, uh, a kind of video conferencing thing which – uh, we're going to use. And so, um, anyway, if you're in Europe, you can, you can access that. That's a possibility there. So, okay. That's first announcement. The second one is if you're in Tucson, uh, Saturday, the 17th, which is about 10 days from now is, uh, the next meetup through shift, which is a, a self healing, uh, energy workshop. I'm going to teach you a technique to, uh, to, uh, relieve stress, to get to the bottom of what your body's telling you, uh, and open your heart and clear out your heart. Uh, so I'm going to teach you how to essentially do energy work on yourself. Uh, one more step in putting you in the driver's seat for your divine journey and stuff. Um, and what other, what other announcement? Oh, well, today and, uh, today, I guess for one more day, conscious living, conscious dying, is the new channeled book that I released about a month ago is on sale through Kindle. So you can check that out if you're hearing this live. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying. I think it's listed under Ascended Master Jehudi as the primary author, but if you look up that title, you'll see, you'll uh, find that book. So those are the announcements. Um, let me just see which topic speaks louder. You know, I, do I want to talk about, I've had a, I've had a guide filled week. And so a lot of stuff about working with guides is on the tip of my tongue. Um, you know what? I'm going to save that. Let's do the um, the karmic story thing first. Um, essentially, when you look at a chart, there are you know numerous, if not myriad, ways you can interpret a birth chart. You know, a chart will actually the set of symbols, this configuration of symbols, will in fact uh, tell you whatever you want to know. Not that it contains all information about everything, but it will, in fact, be very easy to interpret a chart in terms of whatever you're looking for. I've talked about this in a show, I don't know, six or eight weeks ago, where whatever you think you're looking for is what you'll find. So when you're doing evolutionary astrology, which is what I do, it's this way of looking at a, a person at, as a being that changes over time. 
And when you first look at evolutionary astrology, you might think, oh, yes, a reincarnational approach, you know, past lives, etc. But essentially, evolutionary astrology is equally important for understanding a person in a single life and how that person changes over time. So we can use, in fact, this life, this present life that, you know, you happen to be living right now as a indicative of the microcosm of an entire soul's journey. So we don't even have to look at past lives, but people get curious about past lives. And students do ask me how to create a story. And people, you know, I know my teacher, Steve Forrest, sometimes teaches workshops on doing this. And um, and I have a tutoring student uh, who asks me occasionally about this, and we practice on her, you know, storytelling abilities. And so I just wanted to give you some, some um, ideas for when you're looking at a chart, you know, what, you know, how can I possibly take the set of symbols that could be interpreted in a, myri- in a myriad of ways, how can I make that tell me a story about a past life in order to understand the present life? So th- it's, and it's, um, it's a very rich topic. What I want to put your attention on is, um, yeah, we'll talk about some archetypes and kinds of things that go with the archetypes, like different kinds of life experiences and different kinds of, you know, qualities of experience that will, that will go with certain archetypes and certain, you know, you know, kind of saying karmic configurations like, you know, Pluto house and sign are aspects and, uh, the south nodes and the south node ruler house sign aspects. But, um, generally speaking, you can scan news headlines on any given day and see, obviously, what's happening in different parts of the world, good and bad, you know, meaningful and stupid, you know, um, I was actually doing this before the show just <laughs> just to kind of get a snapshot and there was a there was actually a link to a news story about a a sweatshirt a hoodie that is so popular there's a waiting list for it like a several months long waiting list so anyway so you can find me and then also you know headlines about um what's going on with the 200 girls abducted uh and I think Nigeria I'm always mixing up country names and people's names, but, um, you know, so all kinds of serious stories, meaningful stories, um, and also some kind of stupid gossipy crap stories. But anyway, you scan a list of headlines and you're seeing what's happening. So in thinking about how to create karmic stories, I want you to understand that what's happening right now on the earth timeline, the themes of what's happening, these kids over here are being abducted, the community grieves, the people rise up and in protests because the government is not doing that much. That's the thing that's happening um, with those girls in Nigeria. Uh, you know, and then you have this other thing about, you know, the escalating tension and the beginnings of, you know, things that make it look like war in uh, the Ukraine <laughs> regarding this whole thing over there. And so you have these things that these themes, you know, uh, People abducting each other, nations building tension and all this stuff, resistance, civil war. All these things are normal, unfortunately, normal human things that exist across the timeline. So what I want to tell you is, what I want you to really understand is when you look at a chart, there is this thing about – there is a need to make links between the archetypes, which I'll explain in a minute, and stories. But you don't have to work really hard to tell stories. Like, you don't have to make up stories. They exist all over the place. And what you really need to do is to really understand how events shape individuals and communities, 
groups and families, uh, networks of people, how experiences shape them emotionally. That's the key to all of this. Like it'll be easier for you to pull like you'll see Saturn squaring the south node or Saturn conjunct the south node. And I'm going to give you some tips for, for, for getting some ideas in your head. But when it actually comes down to it, you need to understand what it means to be with Saturn conjunct the south node saturated with Saturnian experience. You need to understand like you know, you can say, well, Saturn represents institutions or government or authority figures. Well, what does it mean to have that sitting on top of you for a whole lifetime? What does that feel like? And so as a good evolutionary astrologer, it's frankly less important that you um, can prognosticate or you can do any predictions or it's more important that you can connect with the human reality that a person is experiencing or has experienced. So that's the most important thing. You know, uh, you might see um, – just for one example that I've talked about in a recent show uh, a couple months ago, um, moon nodal aspects. The different ways it comes out, but I talked about adoption in one show a couple months ago. And uh, saying, you know, moon on the north node may indicate um, the need to find the right sense of belonging. Like the, the sense of safety and acceptance and belonging and unconditional love may be far away from where the person comes from. C- opposite the south node means conjunct the north node. It can be different things, but um, that's one kind of signature that can indicate adoption, for example. Well, you can just have that in your brain, but it's if you're going to be a good astrologer, a good evolutionary astrologer, which means bringing your heart and your intuition and your sense of humanity in with your data, you know, computer-based mind, data-driven mind, then you need to really paint a picture of what that might feel like. And it's not to say that you can put yourself in someone's shoes and really understand everything that may have happened, but you have to build in time and space for you to allow that there is this whole rich story in the actual present life that's a, that, that is a result of you know, being shaped by this experience. So you know the thoughts, the, the little um, signifiers in your brain, uh, the little thoughts, the little labels or memes attached to you know, the theme of adoption, like you, you know, maybe you knew somebody who was adopted or you just have that, that idea in your head um, to give air, to give, uh, to stop and give that uh, air, to let that pause and really, you know, it's okay to imagine, you know, tell us, tell yourself a story. What is that like? What might that be like? Well, what kind of effect would that have on a person? How would that affect somebody intellectually and emotionally? And well, what, what, how could that drive somebody's uh, choices and behavior in, in different arenas of life. And that that is the core. Human understanding is the core to telling good karmic stories. You don't have to know, oh, we're talking about, you know, Western Africa in, in the, the, you know, the year CE 1220 or whatever. You don't, you don't have to know these specifics. You don't have to say, oh, well, this person speaks language, blah, 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 or is wearing red. This doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. People will may be curious at times about their past lives, about their souls, other lives, uh, because we want to understand who we are in a bigger context than just this life. We want to know there's meaning. We want to know that there's life after death or that the soul persists, that we don't just die when our bodies die. And we want to know that. So sometimes we do want to know those details. But to really be an effective evolutionary astrologer means being an effective, heart-centered, wise, compassionate, human astrologer, like human counselor. 
even if you don't have a particular training degree, when you get in your heart and you work with people, you're able to help them. And that's what this is about. So you look at a chart. And uh, actually, we're going to take the first break. This is Tom Jacobs on the soul's journey. Uh, stick with me. I'll be right back. wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth and St. Germain, explains soul, life, and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck, call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com, and today I'm talking about, uh, in this first part, talking about uh, creating karmic stories and some tips and tricks for the thought process for when you look at a birth chart. How can you tell a story about a multi-life journey? Um, I do want to I do want to caution you to willfully avoid getting stuck in any specific story. You may be getting the image of this kind of person and this kind of world and this happens. That's fine. But the, as, I, as I emphasize in the, um, the, the Soul's Journey trilogy of books, one, two, and three, that's what a trilogy means. <laughs> Sorry. Um, as I emphasize in those books, the themes are what really matter. 
uh, in the first book, it lays out this whole thing about themes and gives you ideas about themes and breaks down the twelve, you know, the twelve uh, archetypes. Um, but um, in the second book, there's examples, and then in the third book, it's a bunch of examples about one person. Um, so, so there's a great exploration for looking at the themes. And in the third book, where it's um, 19 different other life stories, which we typically call past lives, of one person who happens to be me because I have access to these memories and I know myself and I'm an astrologer and have my chart and permission to use my chart. So, um, so I go into tail. So you'll see the, ch- the same chart appearing and the, you know, like, Oh, here's Mars in the first house square, the notes, that's a karmic theme. Oh, here's Pluto and Libra. There's a karmic theme repeated through a bunch of different stories. And so you get a sense. So I mean, really you get a sense of how the theme is much more important than any details. And as you read in that, in that, in that, um, especially the third book, but I want you to read the first two to get there. So you really understand the concepts and really get the, uh, really get grounded in this, a particular way of looking at astrology, which has been shaped by the experiences I've had with um, working with dead people and also the Ascended Master, uh, Jehudi or Thoth, St. Germain Merlin, who my channel, uh, kind of you know, enlarging the context of what astrology is about and actually telling me what soul is. Not through a religious lens, which is what I was finding with other astrologers and, uh, you know, different humans who were talking about soul, but I got it straight from the, an ascended master to explain what soul is, uh, that goes beyond what our limited religious, uh, conceptions are. Anyway, kind of a twelfth house idea of soul instead of a ninth house idea, which is what I'd been considering or what I'd found. And I was like, that's not enough. I need a twelfth house version. So anyway, so in those book, in that third book specifically, you get a sense of, you know, oh, this Chiron in the seventh square of the nodes or this, um, you know, south node ruler in Sagittarius keeps coming up. And, uh, and the way the book is organized is I'll tell a, a, a life story and I'll circle in the chart at the beginning of the chapter, um, a, you know, uh, the significators that are the chart symbols, chart patterns that are used in that chapter. So you'll see a bunch of examples with South Node Ruler, Conjunct Moon, or Mars Uranus in the first house square of the nodes, or South Node in the 10th house, or Pluto in the 12th. And you see, you know, how these themes work. So I want you, when you're thinking about karmic stories, not to get too attached to any details, but understand the themes are what really matter. Um, so uh, I want to give you some ideas for thinking about different archetypes. Um, when you're looking at the – oh, and by the way, I'm going to give you a little info here. But if you want to get into this, I do tutoring for people. Uh, and I get great uh, feedback about the tutoring. I have people who work with me on ongoingly uh, in an intense way to really um, sharpen their skills and get more efficient and really um, expand their, their way of doing astrology. Um, so you can contact me uh, about that. I'm happy to do that. I love teaching. So – uh, but I want to give you some ideas. So when you're talking about a Pluto house and sign, you're talking about um, this empowerment journey through many lives. And as explained in the Soul's Journey trilogy, the the process of empowerment through many lives involves being empowered and being disempowered and finding a contrast, learning the difference. So when you st- and I always start with Pluto in this four-step story that I tell, and the Soul's Journey soundbite actually goes through this. So if you're interested in that, you can contact me. It's like a big advertisement, but anyway, I've prepared all these resources so you can actually you know get a feel for how this works. But um, I'm like constantly interrupting myself to, to tell you to do something, you know, get something else. But but I've you know spent ten years working to develop you know a toolbox uh, so you can you can actually experience this and and benefit from it. So I always start with Pluto. What does this person really need to do? But how does this person uh, 
perhaps sometimes afraid to do it because of disempowerment. You need to do it to feel life is meaningful, but you may have felt stepped on or squashed or overpowered in different lives. And so lots of our deepest, most intense fears uh, have to do with our Pluto placement. So when you're looking at a Pluto thing in a chart and you're thinking about a past life story, thinking about that, think about you know related to house and sign that it's in, what what kinds of things can go well and what kinds of things can go wrong with this? I'll tell you, Pluto and Virgo people, what can go really well is that they can have a great impact through being of service. What can go wrong is that they take responsibility on they can't deliver or they don't take responsibility and then they judge themselves or they have other people judging them. So there you have like an up and down. In Libra, the, the, the need is to create peace, justice, harmony, fairness. So the people with Pluto and Libra have experienced violence, war, tyranny, terrible crap on the negative side, being overpowered by violence or something anti-Libra. And, uh, you know, on the positive side, being able to create peace, justice, harmony, equality, you know, through communication, through making life better, through some kind of Venusian uh, thing. Pluto and Scorpio, uh, the truth, transformation, you know, the intenser parts of life, dealing with taboos. You can be strong through telling the truth or you can be overpowered by being lied to or lying. So anyway, so you go through all the signs like that and the house is like that too. You know, in what parts of life might this empowerment take, you know, uh, take place? So I encourage you to look at a chart, even any random chart. Of course, you're going to start with your own, but look at any random chart and just say, well, what can go wrong in the first house? What can go wrong in Virgo? What can go wrong in the eighth house? What can go wrong in the tenth house? Uh, you know, it, I also want you to remember that things can go well <laughs> and go right in all those houses. When you're talking about past life stories, nobody's sitting there grinning and happy because something great happened in a past life. People are smarting from the thing that didn't work well or that made them feel small or led to their death or something like this. So when you're telling stories about the Pluto thing, well, what is the worst possible thing? And so even just right now, ask yourself, what's the worst possible thing that can happen in the seventh house? You know, if you find Pluto in the seventh, uh, what's the seventh house about? Seventh house is about one on one relationships. So if we're talking about power, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, you know, maybe being overpowered by somebody else in some way, being abused, being um, abused in uh, different ways, including rape, uh, being lied to being killed plutonian awful keywords you know uh, part of the thing about telling these stories is you have to be okay with some of the bad imagery some of the more difficult stuff and just accept that it's part of the human game you can't like um you know meditate on goodness and tell good karmic stories because again the person sitting in front of you who needs help is not you know uh sitting there you know floating on the the fluffy cloud of having passed away in his or her sleep in another life at 110 years old it's like fear of water, fear of sharks, fear of heights, fear of politicians, fear of STDs, fear like all these terrible things that we carry fears about or have concerns about, you know, fear of starvation, fear of being homeless, like all these things. That's actually the the meat and potatoes of a good uh, evolutionary astrologer is recognizing some of these these the weights the weight of these stories and being willing to let it, you know, as I said earlier, being willing to let the gravity of these things, uh, you know, uh, come into your field, come into your conscious awareness, so you can see right. People are shaped in this way. I mean, going back to this this thing about the uh, Nigerian kids who were kidnapped. These two, uh, I think, over two hundred uh, school aged girls who were taken from a school, a particular region, a particular state, and um, 
and uh, you know, there's the experience of those girls, of those children, being abducted. And frankly, honestly, who knows what's happened or is happening to them? Uh, then you have their families, you know, the actual, you know, uh, blood relations who are up in arms, grieving, angry, afraid, all these things. So these two groups of people. Well, then you have the people in the government who are not doing what anybody thinks is enough and how they are being lambasted <laughs> through social media. It's really quite amazing, actually. They're being lambasted through protests and with social media by the families and by other people who are concerned. And then the fourth set of people, the, the community, the other people, you know, who maybe are not blood relatives or not, you know, family of those, of those children. And so you have four groups of people, five groups of people, actually. The fifth one is the people who abducted the, the girls. Five groups of people, um, in that story. I mean, there are more because now we in this other, other parts of the world are reading about it. So even a sixth group of people, people who are getting the news like third hand. All these groups of people, are affected by this. This is a real life situation and all these people are affected in different ways. So when you hear about something in the news, think about all the, all the, uh, constituents, constituents, like think about all the people who are involved, the people who are watching, you know, like in the case of a kidnapping, somebody's kidnapped, somebody is a kidnapper, uh, somebody is wanting that person back. And then there are authorities who are involved, like all these different groups of people, you'll see this in charts. Like this is where, you want to see in charts. We can actually use this example as a Plutonian thing. Um, the, the theme of Pluto, you know, having to do with intense transformation that sometimes brings really difficult stuff, including violence, into our lives. And, uh, well, sometimes uh, abduction is actually a Persephone issue, right? Because because Hades or Pluto uh, in the, uh, the old-timey Greek story uh, – <laughs> Sorry, I just like that phrase, old timey. Um, you know, abducts Persephone. Uh, you know, the uh, the the youthful maiden, and uh, the mother freaks out and wants her back, and she appeals to the authorities. Actually, this whole thing is really a Persephone story. But let's just say that this idea of uh, abduction being a Plutonian story, you have um, uh, these girls probably in you know in the face of something very difficult and scary, and then you have the people who have abducted them who are willing to do something very difficult and scary and perhaps harm others. And then you have the incredible rage that's rooted in pain, another Plutonian thing, of the parents and families. So, And then the government, which is about power, so that's another Plutonian thing, the kind of power that is or the powers that be. So you have all these different sides of this. Now, when you um, see in a chart there's a Pluto problem, you know, you can make up anything from the news. You can borrow things from the news and tell stories. So, you know, let's say Pluto is conjunct natally, conjunct the south node. Maybe this person is coming from a karmic history saturated with Pluto. I'm mean, just telling you that's how it is. But, but, but it can come out in different ways. Um, issues about power, that kind of thing, would saturate this person's karmic history. Saturate is a keyword for something, a planet, natally conjunct the south node of the moon. Um, imagine a person being in the middle of Plutonian dynamics, like dropped in the deep end over and over in a bunch of lives. That's Pluto conjunct the south node. So you can imagine one of these kinds of, you know, one of these constituents, 
Not that everybody has some Pluto nodal signature, but this is a kind of life story that would go with Pluto aspect in the nodes in this way. Pluto on the south node, saturation. Pluto square the nodes. Uh, something about Plutonian energy needs to be understood in a new way. The squares of the nodes. I encourage you to move away from the idea of skipped step because it's not skipped. That's like that's like one version of looking at it. But when I listen to the Ascended Master and listen to what you know, goddess and gods, what souls actually uh, have to say about uh, the charts and how uh, the, these keepers of wisdom, the Ascended Masters, um, interpret charts, um, it's an unresolved issue. You maybe know four or five of the seven, eight, or nine key principles to do to do with that energy. So you intimately know, you know, maybe half, maybe more of the issues, but you don't know how to do it in a successful way. So you will rely on habit patterns. In this case, you'll rely on habit patterns, and then you're, um, you feel like you shot yourself in the foot, or it keeps not working. I keep doing the same thing. Why is it not working? So to learn to make new choices. So in this kind of situation, how do I deal with Plutonian energy? You know, how do I encounter it? What happens when I encounter it? What choice do I make in response? That's a big Pluto square the nodes kind of thing. So, you know, should I get angry about this or can I work toward change and do something else? Uh, these Pluto ideas, rage and anger versus transformation. Uh, Pluto conjunct the north node would be that it is opposite the south node. And so you have um, this thing where Pluto is far away. Well, the ability, perhaps is missing the ability to confront what is seen as darkness and the ability to transform and actually the willingness to transform through adversity, which is a Pluto idea. Maybe that's missing. Maybe nobody ever taught you to deal with intense subjects. So you can do that um, with, with, the, with the conjunction of the south node being saturation, the square to the nodes being an unresolved issue, like I know four out of the seven things that I really need to know, and I'm really good at four of them, and keep tripping over my shoelaces about the other things. Um, and then conjunct the north node, it's far away from me, I may not feel that I deserve it, I, nobody has ever taught me how to do this. It's missing from the south node, it's far away, 180 degrees away, which is... Uh, you know, meaning the family I'm born to, which is represented by the South Node, doesn't know how to teach me how to do this. It's missing in my family. You can go around the wheel, because I've actually spent so much time on this example, I'm not going to give you a ton of examples, but um, you can go around the wheel and use uh, Saturn as um, hardship or necessity. You know, you can, you know, saturation with the conjunction of the South Node. What is it like to be saturated with Saturn? What is it like to be saturated with the energy of authority or discipline? Or lack, right? Saturn square the nodes. What's the right way to do Saturn? I know four out of the seven key principles. Uh, you know what is that? I, actually, I was doing a reading for somebody the other day with Saturn square the nodes, and I and I said to her, you know, this is a signature of somebody who's a workaholic. When I see people in this like you know four or five month period in which she falls, uh, you know, because as I, I notice over time, somebody will say, oh, well, I'm born in you know you know, whatever, February of 62 or whatever it is. It's not with this person. Uh, that's not her birth. But, but um, you know, and I will know, you know, oh, right, that's with the south node in Aquarius and the rulers in Aquarius. And there's like a castellium, including like sun, Jupiter, whatever, in Aquarius on the south. So like, I, you know, you get to know these patterns. Um, but when, when I'm working with somebody and I say, you know, a lot of people I work with have this kind of thing going on, they never disagree because it's true. Like the, the Saturn square the nodes example involves needing to figure out the right way to approach work. Some people, most of them will tend toward workaholism, 
Some will be the laziest people you've ever met and avoiding work, but most of them will, you know, will do, will overdo it. So anyway, um, and then Saturn on the North node, Saturn is missing. Nobody taught me how to do it. I may not believe I have the right to do it. It may be just missing. So anyway, so, and then you can look at Mars, will, assertion, desire, you know, action, rescue, defense, war, on the conjunct the South node, saturation. What is it like, you know, you as the astrologer looking at charts, what is it like to um, be saturated with Mars energy? And then let your imagination go. And again, you can look at the news. There's stories everywhere. Square the nodes. What is it like to need to learn three more things about Mars? What is it like when you know four out of the seven key principles to do with Mars, etc.? And then the North Node, Mars is far away. What is it like to lack Mars? So I'm just giving you those three uh, examples, but you can do it with each archetype. Venus is pleasure. Venus is relationships. Venus is um, support from other people one-on-one. You know, Venus is a, a relationship with money uh, and, and choosing things. You know, your own value system. That's what that is. So you can plug that in. Mercury is perception, speaking, learning, communicating. Um, sun is the right, you know, existing, taking up space, having an opinion. You can kind of build all these things in there. What is it like to have sun square the nodes? Well, you know, you, you know, use the keywords I've been giving you and you can start to understand more about creating certain stories. Now, these examples I'm using are conjunction aspects, you know, the hard aspects to the nodes, but it doesn't have to be. Um, you can also look at south and Virgo. You know, look at that as being ruled by Mercury. Well, what's it like to come from a Virgo place? You know, south and the first, like, what's it like to have a bunch of life experiences in the first house? You know, in a Virgo way, if it were a Virgo in the first. So anyway, you can go through, and that's like some of the building blocks for creating stories. And the way I do this in my practice and how I teach it is that um, we're going to dot, dot, dot that. And uh, stick with me. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. I'm going to take the second break. I'll be right back. wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, aka Thoth and Saint Germain, explains soul, life and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck, call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. 
Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is your pal Tom from tdjacobs.com. And I do um, I do feel less stupid than when we started, but I'm not not quite back to normal. But uh, uh, just a little status update for you. I'll feel a little better. Um, so I want to wrap up this thing before talking about guides. Um, you know, creating the karmic story. You know, uh, think about the kind – you know, learn the archetypes. You know, learn what Gemini is about. Learn what the third house is about. Learn about – you know, learn about all the houses and signs, uh, and and look at Pluto, this empowerment journey. You know, what is what is the best thing the person needs to develop? You know, to be strong and confident and empowered. But what also kinds of things can go terribly wrong in this? And again, focusing on the themes. So I don't want you to get hung up on what specific things Pluto in the third, for example, could mean. Like disempowerment in the third house, the house of education, mind, learning, communication, short distance travel, etc. I want you to look at the themes of that. How could life in the third house be disempowering? Like I did this with um with the tutoring student that we with that I that we uh we worked through this telling stories and uh, we were looking at a chart with Pluto in the third and and I had to look I was like, well what could go imagine this kid is eight years old in school. What could go terribly wrong regarding education? You know, and there are different examples that can come up. Being made a fool of in front of the class, having the right answer but having the teacher tell you you're wrong or never being called on. That would be disempowering if you're a bright kid and you know the answer. So it's like, you know, all these different things. Imagine the worst-case scenario but look at the themes. And when I'm talking to a client, I don't get fixated on a particular detail. I might say, with Pluto in the third, I might say, look, you're – you know, have the invitation to become empowered through education, communication, thinking, perceiving, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, that person will often share what goes wrong. But I don't have to be a mind reader. I don't have to be some kind of like, you know, 900, dial 1900, whatever psychic. Uh, I can look at the themes and help that person understand what the empowerment journey in the third house really means, like how to overcome whatever the bio- biographical experience has been. And the other thing to say, uh, before I wrap this up, is that you know I mentioned earlier on in this explanation that this life, any given life, is a microcosm of the themes that have to do with uh, the soul's journey. So you don't need to look at past lives, but sometimes something is happening, a fear is in place. For example, this is really big. That's out of proportion to the person's life experience that's out of, you know, out of proportion to the person's biography. And so that's when it can be handy, but you can understand this life, you know, what has been terrible, what has sucked in this life, what has absolutely been the worst thing in this life. And you can, you know, and there you get a story. That's like reading the news headline, reading the news story. Um, and the person says, yeah, I, um, 
you know, when I was in college, I was a research assistant for this professor who stole my idea. Pluto in the third. It's like the person will tell you the story because it's the person's real life. And that's really the point of doing this on the show tonight is to put your attention on karmic stories being life stories and every life is a microcosm of an entire soul's journey. So being empowered or disempowered in different ways, you know, finding yourself plopped in the deep end of this or that. Uh, and that's, that's kind of some of the thought basis for creating the karmic stories and telling stories. Again, don't focus too much on the themes or don't get stressed out because you can't tell the person his or her religion in some life 600 or 800 or 10,000 years ago. Not that important. The life themes, the emotional impact is what really, truly matters. When you get to this level of working with these ideas, it's not hard. But to adjust your astrological thinking to get there, it does take some effort and work. And again, I do tutoring, uh, and you can, uh, you can call me for that. I also have, um, you know, reading the soul's journey course, uh, that's available through tdjacobs.com on the courses page. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a good way to help bring the, the ideas in the three souls journey books, the souls journey books to life. Uh, so anyway, so, uh, thanks for your time and attention on that one. Um, I want to shift gears into this thing about guides and, uh, Megan's question. I'm just going to read to you her question. It's actually very short and I can probably quote it, but let's just go back to the email. I'm looking up on uh, Megan, do you have any techniques on finding out who your guides are? So, Megan, thank you for writing this question. And what happens when people ask me questions about guides is that you send this innocuous seeming question that is one sentence. You know, what is that? Like a dozen words or something? I can't count, so don't don't wait for that. But um, and it's actually very complex. <laughs> the answer to any question about guides is is either a black and white yes or no, and it's uninteresting, or it's very complex. Because, because our understanding of what guides are and who they are and how we can work with them requires some explanation. That's one of the reasons why I encourage people to read Seeing Through Spiritual Eyes, uh, a memoir of intuitive awakening, which is the first book I published in early 2010. And it's a... It's an explanation of the seven-year process that, that I went through to learn about guides, to learn about mediumship, uh, to learn about channeling. And I, in it, I dispel myths and kind of set the record straight about a lot of things and talk about what it's like to learn to do these things. And especially with this, the, this about guides, there's a, a section in there on the class that I took, uh, the channeling class I took, which was essentially you know, learning to overcome my stuff to be open – as well as learning how to actually channel. Um, but uh, there's an explanation in there about my own personal process as a person who doesn't really, you know, who's in his head, who needs to open up. So so anyway, I offer that book to you. I really encourage uh, everyone who's interested in any of these intuitive things or about guides or channeling or mediumship to read that book. Um, but so do I have any techniques of finding out who they are? Pretty much the answer is no, but I have a long qualifying uh, tale here to add to that. Um, most guides will not tell you who they are. Most guides have zero interest in you knowing who they are. A, guides want you to know that you're not alone. They want you to know that you are supported, that you have support and help. Sometimes to convince you, they may give you little clues and you may or may not figure out who that person is, whether it's a deceased relative or somebody else. Like I was asking these questions about soul and Jehudi showed up, but I didn't know it was Jehudi. I just knew it was somebody who sounded true and who spoke what felt like resonated in my heart and stopped my brain 
in his tracks and something was like profound. You know, all the little answers he gave me were, prof- were profound. So I didn't know who he was though until after five years. And there was a synchronous turn of events that led me to a particular book where he's thanked in the acknowledgments and right away I knew who it was. So anyway, uh, most of them don't want to tell you who they are. They want you to just know you're not alone and to learn how to work with them. They, you might get clues about some physical attribute or some, you know, even how they present themselves with, you know, skin color or historical period or something like that. Um, uh, you know, you might get clues like that through dreams or through readers. Um, but the important thing is to make sure that you're intentionally opening up to people who can help you, beings who can help you to serve your highest good and to help you evolve. Guides can read the manual that your soul has written, that goddess and goddess you have written for your life, that your human personality cannot read and actually may resist uh, exploring. <laughs> so, um, But anyway, they don't really care if you know who they are most of the time. So as you hear me talk, I will talk about my, you know, some guides of mine and I know who they are. But so I want to explain a little about that because there are certain times when they will reveal more detail and you will know, but there's no particular tried and true way, to, for example, to get them to tell you who they are. It's not like, um, well, I don't want to say this in a weird jerky way, but they're not your equals. You're not their equal. They are, they are service oriented helpers who work behind the scenes. And if you say it would be really helpful for me that I know who you are, they may or may not see that as helpful to your journey. And then if you get flustered, if you get, you know, frustrated or, or something because they're not telling you who they are, and I'm not saying this specifically to Megan, but anybody with a human brain who might kind of harp on this issue and be like, well, I'm asking you who you are. Tell me who you are. You know, they will still help you. But it will, it may become like this kind of benign amusement where they love you and they do something nice and supportive, but they won't tell you who they are. So, so I want everybody hearing this who's curious about guides and who they may be to decide to work with beings who can help them, to be open to working with beings who are actually helpful and who have their highest good in mind. That's a great intention to set in general. And then to relax the human part of you who wants to know who they are. Now, all that said, sometimes, a dead relative will make it very clear who he or she is. <laughs> that happens quite a lot. Uh, now, the thing to understand about dead relatives or – I keep using that phrase, that word dead in this context, but late relatives, departed loved ones, whatever you want to say. But the dead people <laughs> who are hanging around you to help, they – the thing to know about them relative to many other kinds of guides – is that they're not always around forever. Guide rosters change depending on what you need, what stage of development you're in, what you're asking for help with, how they can help you, what you don't know, what you do know. All these different things change over time, and so the roster changes. You might, for example, come to know this frequency of this guide who's a helper, and you know the guide might come through as a totem animal. The guide might say, "Hey, I'm a bear," or show you the image of a bear or an eagle or something, you know, and. Uh, or, or you might um, just have a sense of an older woman who's connected to the earth or who's really into herbs or something. This kind of one little detail. She's with you, and then after five years, she's not. So understand that the roster changes based on what you need and who you are and what's going on and where you're headed and what, frankly, you don't yet know you need to know 
over the following few months or years. Um, all guides rotate, but there are some guides who are deceased relatives who are with us for shorter periods of time. It, it would be kind of rare for you to, like, you know, through 50 years of adulthood, have the same dead relative guide, like to have your grandparent or your parent or whatever with you the whole time. Uh, that would be really – I actually haven't encountered that. With When I work with people, like, the, the relatives are always coming in and out for a week, a month, a year, three years, five years, but not typically forever. My own grandfather, my dad's dad, um, with whom I had kind of a very Libran, uh, simpatico kind of thing. I didn't know him that well during life, but but he was always just very kind in a really wonderful Libran way that really supported me and helped me. After he died, he was around me. He was my primary guide uh, for a long time because I needed to heal some Pudu on the 12th, am I loved by the universe crap. So he came through every time I didn't feel supported. And I actually write about that, or I mention him in the acknowledgments in the uh, in, in the seeing through spiritualized the memoir. Um, but now I don't feel him around me. So another example is like uh, just to give you this other idea for dead relative guides who may tell you who they are. My mother's mother came through to me for, I mean, literally like three minutes one day to answer one question that I asked her. <laughs> you know, I asked her spirit one question. She came through. She confirmed something, and then she left. You know, my dad's mom, when she passed away, came to visit me for like five minutes when I was in a movie theater. Where <laughs> when she passed away, actually. So when I got home, I knew she had passed uh, after a, a, a long degenerative thing. You know, and um, so anyway, so some of them don't come through. Some of them, but my mom's sister, I don't haven't ever contacted. She's never contacted me. So, so we don't always um, have contact with them. But some of the guides are deceased relatives, and like right now, actually, um, my dad is now kind of a very loud, almost full time guide for me. But that may be for a week or two or three or a few months or a few years. It's a real radical sea change. He's gone through his orientation, and so now I get to really confront how I perceived of him during life. And during these few, last few years, as he's been in orientation and doing his other, you know, dead person stuff before he was qualified to be a guide, um, which you can read about in um, actually Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, the new channel book from Jehudi, but also in, in Seeing Through Spiritual Eyes, the memoir. Um, so you may be told who they are. You may find that out. And in some cases regarding family, it's very specific that they do want you to know who they are. Sometimes so you can see how they've changed. Sometimes so you can know that uh, – because when they die, they give up certain attachments to being right is how I describe it, certain personality attachments, certain egoic concerns. Uh, elements of personality remain. Like my dad's humor and his ability to concentrate remain, and that's very obvious to me. But like other things, uh, like <laughs> – other things that – I mean like I've talked about it before, so I'll just say it like like certain like benign-seeming things that are actually kind of uh, you know bigotry and racist, they're gone because he's now learned the truth about things and has released some of those stupid human garbage things. Um, but anyway, so certain things remain. But they might want you to know so that you know you're not alone, so that you know that love is behind the scenes, that all the soul contracts um, have to do with love. Oh my gosh, I'm out of time. Megan, thank you for for writing with that question. The answer is no, but maybe kind of it'll happen. <laughs> so thanks for bearing with me for that. So uh, mark your calendars uh, for the beginning of the Intuitive Skills class, uh, Saturday, July 12th for 10 Saturdays. Um, 
And uh, thanks, thanks for joining me. If you like the show, send me some cash and uh, you know to support the show uh, through tdjacobs.com. And also uh, uh, listen to last week's show and subscribe to the podcast to hear about the new sliding scale that's kind of revolutionizing things to open the door and get you the help you need. Read about that at tdjacobs.com. Thanks for joining me, and I'll talk to you live next week. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom for more information tune in every wednesday at 7 p.m pacific connect with tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com that's tdjacobs.com